Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. It was a beautiful Canada Day. Yes, the celebrations and the fireworks last night. I could hear a few of them popping late last night. It tells us, too, the celebration that summer is here. The kids are out of school. And what you say is, though, oh, those summer days. It's July. And I have to say, I think I will miss those days where Violet, my youngest granddaughter and I would go and wait for Ruby at school. We would watch and sit, and there was one location where there was a house that had numerous bird feeders. I think I will miss the times where Vi and I would look and see the different birds, teaching her about the different birds. And yes, now when she sees those big black birds, she shouts out, Caw! Caw! I think I'm teaching her gardening and the love of birds. For July is here. It is a July day. In idle mood this happy day, I let the moments drift away. I lie among the tangled grass and watch the crinkling billows pass. Over seas of clover, like a tide, that sets across the meadow wide. The crimson-crested ripples run from isles of shade to shores of sun. And one white lily seems to be a sail upon this summer sea, blown northward, bringing me today a fragrant freight, a fragrant freight from far Cathay. Low is the wind that waves the rose in gardens where the poppy grows, and sweet as bells heard far away, a robin sings his song today. Sings softly by his hidden nest a little round delay of rest, and as the wind his dwelling swings, he dreams his dream of unfledged wings. While blending with his song I hear a brook's low babble somewhere near. A glory wraps the hills and seems to weave an atmosphere of dreams about the mountain's kingly crest as sinks the sun adown the west. Earth seems to sit with folded hands in peace he only understands. Who has no care, no vain regret, no sorrow, he would fain forget, and like a child upon her breast, I lie this happy day and rest. The green things growing whisper to me of many an earth-old mystery, of blossoms hiding in the mold and the what would be acorn cups and fold, of life unseen by eyes too dim, to look through nature up to him who writes the poem of the year for a human heart and eye and ear. O oh, summer day, surpassing fair, with hints of heaven in earth and air, not long I keep you in my hold. The book is closed, the tale is told, the valley fills with amber mist, the sky is gold and amethyst, soft soft and low and silver clear the robin's vesper hymn i hear and see the stars lit one by one the happy summer day is done 
Welcome back, everyone. We're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal, and it was Canada Day, and I have to say that once we get into July, it is a celebration of gardening. The gardens are starting. They're looking fabulous. And there's a list of things to do, right? So let's go right to the lines and see uh, what's happening and how we can help people. Good morning, Harvey. Good morning. Good morning, and where are you calling from this morning? I'm calling from Brandon. Well, good morning. Uh, uh, do you guys have rain this morning? Uh, no. They Not yet? It's going to be, but uh, there hasn't been yet. Yeah, you know what? I thought when we look at the, sometimes, you know, in our industry, we're kind of tied to the weather very much. Uh, you know, uh, we're like farmers, right? So we're looking at it, and I have a tendency to always look at the satellite weather, and it says rain, and I thought it was going to be sunny, and then all of a sudden I wake up and boom, there's clouds. So <laughs> hopefully it can stay away for a little while so we can be in our gardens. That's right. How can we uh, help you today? Well, I have a question on the sprays for the raspberry for the spotted wing. Um, I, I remember you saying something about using ambush? Yes. Before. Now, I, I contacted the Wilson guys because it doesn't say about raspberries, and, and they said, well, you should probably do it like what it says for grapes. But then, you know, they vary from 100 um, milliliters to 200, and then they say for the grapes not to eat the fruit for 14 days, which seems to me like it's too long. Yeah, you have to spray. There is definitely when you're using... Um, ambush, but, but I think what they're trying to tell you is you're, normally when we take one item, they may not list the other item that's on it, but it's treating that, and you do have to give that time span from spray to, um, to be able to harvest. Now, when they classify that you could probably use it at the same time frame as grapes is because they're looking at the structure of the fruit itself in, the softness and how much it would affect that fruit by sort of the same textures, I think, probably, that's on it. But raspberries, I know that um, if you could start spraying them prior to just when the flowers are opening, and I know there's different stages of fruiting, right? Because you always have that new fruit that's developing, correct? So it is a little bit of a timely matter in which you you can put it onto it. Um, Unfortunately, years ago, there used to be more... uh, crop care products that you could put on them but we're getting safer and healthier so we're trying to eliminate those purposes of using more of a chemical aspect that's on it right yeah but if you wait 14 days isn't that i mean that That, gives the that that's too big a span for that fly isn't it well, if you're spraying right at the beginning when it starts, I think if you're what they're doing is if you're try, trying to spray at the very beginning when your flowers first come on, you're trying to get the fly before it gets into that blossoming okay. where the fruit starts to develop. So it's like your apple maggot. Um, like its similarity is this: if you go to the apple maggot fly, we want to be able to put the apple maggot traps down below the foliage, and what we want to do is we want to catch it and treat it prior to it getting when the flowers drop and that maggot gets into that de- developing fruit. Okay. I, okay. I have put up some uh, strips uh, there. I, I caught everything, but it doesn't look like I've got the fly yet. 
uh, the other question is, will malathion, is that safe enough to use on that too? Ooh, malathion's a hard one. Um, sometimes malathion, um, I would personally stay away from using the malathion. Oh, you went on the apple tree or raspberry? No, on the raspberry. On the raspberry, yeah. I would probably not do that. Okay. Yeah, and, I'm not an endorser of using that on edible crops. Like And the B- BTK? BTK? Uh, BTK is mostly for your worms or caterpillars. Okay. That's And that would be not for when it's inside a fruit. Like a lot of times you'll get the little worm on the inside of raspberry. BTK is a yeah. contact spray. So when you use BTK, it has to be on contact to it. But if the, the worm is on the inside of your raspberry, it's not going to get yeah. that contact, right? It's going to be okay. encased with the berry. But does it kill the fly? It's mostly targeted towards worms. Okay. Okay. Uh, so is there any other product? Uh, you know what? I'm going to um, reference, if I can leave that, like I said, I like to grow it, and I have a business partner that is in the, um, he used to be a rep for uh, treatment of things. So uh, maybe I'll see if there's something that he can come up with and I can mention on the next show that's on okay. it. Okay. All right. So, but uh, I'm going to be the first to say I don't know it all, and we will learn and grow together. Okay. Well, thank okay. you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. And I hope you get a little bit of sunshine out there in Brandon. It's a great it's a little city out there. So, hello to everyone out in Brandon. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye bye, Harvey. We're starting to grow and we're starting to care. That's part of the conversation that we're going to go to. And. When we were uh, sort of talking about raspberries and that kind of stuff, uh, Harvey was out in Brandon asking the question. And the other thing, too, very similar, and it brings to mind uh, years ago, uh, mom and dad, even on their apple trees, is crop care of stuff. So even by helping to prevent certain diseases and bugs from repeating itself is keeping areas of your fruiting areas clean. So... um, As soon as the apple would drop, dad would used to say to mom, oh, the apples are dropping. So they would go out there and pick up some of the apples so that the rotting fruit wasn't always on the ground. We can do this sometimes with, um, if we're harvesting and we're uh, picking even small berries, we want to make sure the area is cleaned, uh, opening up air circulation too and cutting out some of the old canes and keeping the groundwork clean. It's the perfect way that we can keep sort of um, attention to it And if it's elimination of some of the rotting fruit that's on the bottom, that could be elimination of some of those target areas where these flies want to come to and say, hey, I've got a great spot to be uh, living in. So it's nice to be able to pull out some of those canes if you can. Air circulation is perfect for that to eliminate. Uh, It's amazing what wind and rain will do to wash things away. Although I think we've had enough rain (laughs) lately. So those are a little bit of things that were sort of helping. Now, this sort of brings to mind to when we're talking about air circulation and things that are sort of needing treatment, uh, just a few things that are happening that are sort of what I sort of classify as hot topics that are happening in the garden or what's around us is, uh, yes, we've been talking about when to prune your lilacs. Well, guess what? If you've had your Canada Day celebration and you want to get in the garden and you have some of your lilacs that are just finishing your blooming period, 
I know a couple of my varieties are ready and looking at me going, okay, I need to be trimmed off so that I can set my buds for next year. That is maybe a task that we could be doing in the next little bit. And even though the mock orange, nope, don't do it. The mock orange are in bloom. So it depends on where they're situated in your yard. Some of them will start flowering a little bit earlier than others, depending on the position or the microclimate that you've given them to open up. But I have to say the mock orange right now, it is intoxicating. The scent that's on it of those white blossoms, it makes you feel like you have orange trees. Even though we're in Manitoba, it gives you that true scent that's in there. So just mark it down. Prune the lilacs pretty soon. We're going to go right back to lines. Mary is waiting. Hi, Mary. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from this morning? Winnipeg. Cloudy yes. Winnipeg. It is. You know what? I thought, uh, you know, whether we were going to have a sunnier day today, and but I think the we have a little preemptive rain uh, that's well, going to be coming. By 4 o'clock, the sun will come out. Oh, well, then that's what we, <laughs> that'll be perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> I just want to ask you about garlic. Okay. Okay, when the garlic goes into that bloom or whatever you call it, it gets the little ball on top. Yeah, the sca- you're getting your scape with the flowers. Right. Is yeah. it better to take it off or leave it? Because I heard if you take it off, you get a, bi- a bigger head of garlic. Is that true? Well, you no? can. Well, some people will say that they will do that. Some people is removing. Um, there's different portions of it that say that you should remove it, and some people are saying that if you want to do it, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it when it's um, the first bulges at the top of the stalk is usually happening, and that, in some cases, that's May into late June. Now we're finding that it's in July, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so some people do say that if you remove that bloom that your your bulbs will get a little bit bigger. I'm having a hard time hearing you. It comes on and then very low, Ooh. high and low. Well, I'm going to turn my volume up, and I'll see if they can do that on the other side. We'll see what uh, Sasha says here for us. Can you hear me better now? Yes, yes. Okay. But check and see. If you want to see a sort of a test that's in there, and I'm always one for testing things out, if you do part of your crop where you want to take, remove the flower off, then remove part and see what it does for your area. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the bulbing out, it could be removing of the flower, mm-hmm. but sometimes um, soil too will affect that or even the growing season. So oh. it's hard to say that in the first year that you would get a true test of whether it's the flower removing or it could be weather or soil type that will allow that bulbing or the, the maturity of your um, garlic. Garlic, okay. Yeah. Okay. Is this the first year for growing garlic? I have garlic all the time, but I just heard people talking about if you take the, the flower off, you get a bigger head. So I never did that before, so I don't know. Well... And my heads could, weren't that big. <laughs> well, try it. Try it. Take yeah. it off because it does put. It does kind of make sense because when a plant goes to produce a seed or a flower, they want to produce a seed afterwards. Mm-hmm. So the energy is going into that production of that seed. Right. And in the annual categories where we want to make sure that the plant goes lusher and bigger, uh, we cut the flowers off so that we are having 
more energy go to the rooting to produce more upper growth, and then you can get more flowers. Right. Yeah. Right. I would give it a test. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, and thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's all that production, and I'm looking at the gardens, and I have to say I'm a little bit of a shoemaker's son here. I just got some of my garden in, and I have to say, I am going to be getting some Bobex because, oh my golly, I planted some uh, some uh, cucumbers, and I actually took some uh, petunias, and I, plant, I took them home, and I hadn't put them in the garden yet and lo and behold I go outside and my cucumber is nibbly into a little stick and my petunias that had a beautiful little salmon pink color on it were devoid of their foliage so uh, if you're having any problems like I did with mine before I can do some planting is uh, Bobex is a really good product that's in there that it actually is um, it does work on bunnies but it's really exceptionally good for deer as well as a repellent and not just consider that the bobex has to be the, one of those areas that goes into it but the, sometimes blood meal uh, it's an organic byproduct and it's a good nutrient base too as well i love using it for um, fertilizing but it also has a little bit of a deterrent on some of the bunnies that are in the area and i have to say the bunnies are rampant right now and I just kind of give a, a little bit of a, yes, go, 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 when I see them chewing on my lawn and not on the flowers in the front. So you can have the grass bunnies, but stay out of the gardens. And I think everyone would probably give me a thumbs up on that one. They do not want their crops and their flowers eaten from that. Now, one of the things that we were going to talk to when we were sort of saying that um, with care of products, there's the pruning of the lilacs that were going there. And what I was trying to get to is um, some plants are starting to show a little bit of stress because of the weather that we've been having. And weather, right, plays a huge factor on growth of items. So there's a couple key things that I wanted to bring up. And one of them is on the ash trees. And we have an anthracnose disease that actually, if you're not too prevalent or know about this, it actually on some of the ash trees causes the leaves to turn a little bit on the blackish side and have a curling effect on the leaves. Most of this happens on the interior of the tree where there's uh, limited light, uh, less air circulation. Okay, we're talking about air circulation again. And we find that this is something that's affected a lot of the ash trees. And I have to say, yes, my large one that's about uh, 37 years old or 38 years old is succumbing to some of that. So it's opening things up, getting some air circulation that's in through it. And there is no final treatment to say, yes, you're cured from that. And it's hard to see that on some of our older trees that we can't treat them to cure them. But what we can do, in essence, we can treat them to delay it. We can treat them to fortify them to fight it off so they have a little bit more resilience to keep going. So if anthracnose is something that you see on some of your trees, and it's older trees and younger trees that may be affected on it. So a little bit of a copper spray would help to delay it. Pruning it, for sure. If you have some old dead wood that are in some of your trees, if you didn't do them in the spring, put it on your list to sort of say, okay, 
If the branch is definitely dead, no active growth that's on it, prune it out. It just gives that a little bit more openness to the frame um, structure of your trees. I know we talked about it before on, uh, uh, I think it was a couple shows back, about the mock orange uh, being mature. And I'm, I'm flipping through here. I can't remember who had said the the twiggy stuff that happens on it. And I have one that's 20 years old too. You just gave me a little reminder to peek around that corner towards mine. And yes, every couple years you have to bring it back and prune out some of that. It's amazing when you do a little bit of pruning, the shaping of it, and it actually looks fresh again. It gives it that new vitalized, yes, I can go and I can grow. All right. Those are perfect things that can be looked at. I hope you had a really nice celebration yesterday. Maybe you're making it a whole weekend of celebration. It's one area where we're driving around and we're starting to see just the beauty of the flowers that are growing. And at the same time, there's always the beauty and there's also the portions that we have to take care of certain things to to make them more viable. Okay, so... If there's certain things that you're still wanting to do in your yard, uh, that's perfect timing of it. We actually had a lady that was coming in the other day. I was working in the nursery here. And the question was, is it too late to plant? No, it's never too late to plant. There's always a little, I always find that there's a little spot awakening or waiting for something to go in there. In Back in the days... Uh, of gardening, my husband would always say, is that a new plant? And I'd say, oh no, it just grew, right? Wink, wink. So there's always a spot for a plant. But when the category was, is it too late to plant a tree or a shrub? Well, years ago, the harvesting of the trees used to harvest, put it in a pot, and you would have that time frame where it was best in the ground right away. But nowadays, the nurseries And we're a nursery, we're not a grower here. We bring a lot of the nursery stock out that's from the large tree and shrub nurseries. These are field-grown plants or trees or shrubs that are in pots. So it's changed the whole realm of different areas where we can do planting of trees and shrubs throughout the season. Spring to fall. The thing is, in the spring, we're planting in a slightly cooler ground, but then a lot of the nurseries are local so they have the same capacity of some of the trees that are waking up and when you plant in the fall you're planting in a warm ground that that's not to say that you can plant you can't plant through the summer there's always that area because the containerized plants the roots are grown in a container they're adapted to that and they're just waiting for that new welcoming spot in the ground hey there's an adventure out there right Check out the nurseries. You might fall in love with something new that you want to place in the ground. I know I've got my eyes on a new hydrangea that's looking at me and peeking at me throughout the door and the window here. Who knows? All right, we're going to go right back to lines. Louise is there. Good morning, Louise. Hi. Uh, I just uh, I just have a few questions. Sure. I heard you talking about mock orange. We have some here and they're in bloom. But I want to know when's the best time to to uh, cut them, like to to trim, to to prune them. Yeah, mock orange is very similar to our lilacs. Okay. Uh, with, yeah, with the mock orange, as soon as it's finished blooming, okay, you probably have about a two or three week window before it sets its bud set for flowering for the next year. Okay. So, 
Uh, the call to action right now is for the lilacs. If you're wanting to shape and shear your lilacs so that you have that um, compactness and plus your flowers for next year, uh-huh. that would be pruning now. Okay. Mock, yes. mock orange, though, probably has another two weeks of blooming Yes, because on they, it. They're, they just started it. They just, they're, oh. just, they're not even done yet. It's, they're just starting. They're really late this year. Yes. For some reason. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the year. That just imagine we had such a late season. Yeah. And yes. some yes. some buds and we're even actually seeing that some trees that started to open up their leaves were actually frosted off. So some people are actually coming in and going, you know, the buds were there and then they, they went black. So yes. in some yes. areas I'm... they were fro- frosted off. Uh. But Enjoy that mock orange because Louise, I, know, I they're really nice. <laughs> they're so nice. Is, I've got four of them, and they're just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever take any? Um, do you ever take any snips of the new branching and put them in a little bouquet with your peas? No, or I don't, because I didn't know if we could do that. But uh, well, if you wanted to put a couple, like if you know that you're gonna, I always think that if I'm gonna prune off a little bit anyway. Okay. Uh, if you cut a little bit of your peonies and your other flowers, you could. Just do a little snippet to put it in the house because ah, the scent okay, because is... because I know it has that smell. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. It's, it's, um, it's not... Well, I shouldn't say it's a bad thing that it's intoxicating, but it is such a beautiful scent. Yes, and, yes um, it is. It, it, no, I find it's not strong. It's, it's like... No, it's not. Like, it's... Uh, yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. So, okay, the pruning will be then when they're done, and I have to wait at least till there. Because, you see, I, I didn't know if we could prune them early like that. I thought it was always in the fall. So, um, yeah. No, if you, if you prune in the fall, the, the habit is if you pruned it hard in the fall, you would probably, you would not get the, but it, you would get the leafing, but you would not get the flowering. Yes. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. That's and right. you want the flowers. Yeah. You want the flowers. <laughs> mm, yes, definitely. And then I have another question about rhubarb. Okay, my rhubarb, I've taken all I need, and, and it's just, there's so many there, it's not even, it's just crazy. So I was wondering, do we, what do we do? Do we leave it, or do we take it off, cut it off, or? You could, you could leave it. Um, you could gift some away. Like okay. if it's very abundant, then for sure. Okay. You could make rhubarb the... jam. Yes, I did that. I'm done. I'm done. I did everything. <laughs> so now it's just like, oh, I was telling my husband. I said, what are we going to do with all that? It's because we have lots. It's we have because you know we just we just put them in and they grew. So. <laughs> well, you're lucky. That's it that way. But rhubarb leaves. They are dramatic. It re- actually reminds me of, uh, in some instances, people would like to have a little bit of umpa and and drama in their garden with using a leaf mm-hmm. structure. Mm-hmm. And there's very few plants that have that large, large dramatic leaf. We see hosta, uh-huh. right? Different yes. shape, different color tones in your variegated color to blues. And then, um, have you ever heard of a plant called ligularia? Uh, no, no. It's got a very dramatic big leaf, large leaf that's on there too, but it has a green top, but some of them have burgundy, but the flower stems can either be tall and Mm -hmm. spiky or uh, daisy shape. So if you wanted to have a garden where you wanted a space that has a dramatic leaf to it, why not put 
like rhubarb in there. Yeah, it's beautiful. My, my rhubarb is in the garden right now. Yeah, like yeah, in it's your perennial part of garden. Our bed? garden. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. So I know it's all right. I mean, it's it's fine there. I find it's it's even better. I don't know why. But it's better. It's, I'm going to break break in there. It's better because you can harvest and you can eat it because. It, there is actually, uh, actually a plant named Ruum, which is an ornamental rhubarb. Oh, yes. Which has a large leaf. Uh-huh. But why not? To me, you've got the win-win. So, you, so you've can... got the dramatic leaf and you can harvest from it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I did. Right, there are so many things we don't know. It's like... <laughs> well, you know, there's yeah, there's so many different plants and categories. But if you can plant something, especially now in the, the time where... Uh, we know that food cost is going up. That's right. Yeah. You know, I yes. think of Harvey with his raspberries, thinking, "Oh my, I like heard that, that is just oh, that's yeah. beautiful." Yeah. So why yeah. not plant apple trees? Why not yeah. do raspberries? Yeah. Black. There's some blackberries. There's a golden raspberry. Mm-hmm. There's all you know? kinds. Eh? There's and, so and many. I suppose that can be put uh, beside a garden or whatever. I suppose. Eh? Or, yes, or can. just a, uh, at a different spot. Do you think it would? Um, it would be best on its own. Probably raspberries need their own patch. Okay, I would not incorporate, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Yes. with their suckering on there, you do not want the suckering aspect of that to go into that. Uh, yes. So raspberries, yes, because they yes. will spread. You don't want that. Yes, <laughs> you don't want them going into your other garden, uh, especially well, perennial yes, bed. because they do spread. Well, and we had we had a patch like that, and it did spread. But now it's almost all gone. You see, it's dying. So my husband was saying, well, we'll just have to put some more in and that's it. Because I guess it does just, you know, they last for so many years and then and then they, they you know, they die off after a while. They do. Yeah. They do. They have, yes. they need the, to be re-energized. Um, and that's crop maintenance too as well as cleaning out the old. And I know that they gravitate away from it. But um, I just think of my brother when he first had his property out in Brandon. He had these nice, big, beautiful raspberry rows, mm. and they get wider and wider. Oh, but, yes, for sure. You know, no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, that's what it did here. I remember we had just a few, and then it was a huge patch after. But it's been, like I say, it's been too many years now, and it, it's dying on us. So yeah. we're going to replant, I guess. We'll have to do that. Well, Put that would more. be good. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's it for the rhubarb. Then you say just pull some of it off, like the bigger ones, or pull the bigger ones off that's on there, and then just enjoy the leaf structure that's on there. Okay. If, the, like the I smaller said, one, with, you mean? Um, just leave the leaves in the garden by themselves. They will oh, naturally leave just leave them in the garden. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. just. Oh. Okay. Just enjoy the plant as it is. Okay. Okay. So, so, but do I do I pull some off because it's so they're so thick right now. Oh, it's you, you can't, if I, you can pull. It's not going to hurt to pull and thin things out a bit because okay, again, okay, so we will do that. And but we're going to leave some. We're not going to pull everything off. It's just I didn't know if I could pull some of them off. Oh That's yes, why. you could pull. It's like yeah, it's it's yeah. producing so that it you can harvest. Yes, but it's, uh, it's still do not. Good. I wouldn't totally take everything off. Everything off. Just no. uh, Well, then then we can just pull the bigger ones off because there's some are huge on there. Wow. Yes, so we'll you know what? You just you you just reminded me years ago um, in my crafty days. The if you have large rhubarb leaves mm-hmm. and if you have um, somebody that can help you. Step stones made in, with rhubarb leaves pressed into concrete oh. look beautiful. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So if you have a crafty size, you can make some rhubarb step stone shaped oh, leaves that are on there. Of course, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, there's idea. so, see, who can imagine that yes, you had I... rhubarb and now I'm taking you to the crafty side <laughs> of cooking? <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> All right. So anyways, yeah, so I will do what you, yeah, I'll do that with the, the mock orange and uh, with the rhubarb. And I'm, I'm happy to know this because I really, we were really wondering what to do here. So that's good. And uh, keep on going. Uh, we always listen to your program. Well, thank you very much, Okay, Louise. thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Enjoy the bye. weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. It's, um, you know what? This is enjoyable. I'm happy you guys are all listening. We're having fun with this. And gardening is fun. Gardening is growing together. Like I said, not everyone knows it all. I don't know it all. And we're learning together. So if you want to give me a shout, the lines are open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, one of the other things I want to quickly uh, speak to you about is we were talking about the anthracnose on the ash trees, but there's... We've had temperatures where we've been high, we've been low, we've been damp, wet. This is sort of um, a culmination of different areas that can cause things on trees. And you might find that if you have roses or nine barks, you're probably going, why is there a whitish cast to my leaves? Or it may even look like on some of the nine barks, a little bit of a white mold happening. This is powdery mildew. So in the powdery mildew, We see this with the high temperatures that we get. We get the moisture and then a drop of temperatures. That's perfect combination of fungal spores that are on there. So if you're wanting to do a little bit of a sulfur spray or some copper spray that's on there, that's perfect. It can help with treating it and rescuing it and giving it a little bit of, here, here's a little pick-me-up. We're going to treat you so you can keep on growing healthy. Now, as we know, Gardening continues. We're tough about it. And I will persevere through this tickle in my throat. I wish you all a great weekend. And we'll be back next weekend on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone.